This is the Do Big Things podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got my man Chris Ward here. What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. I just was telling you, I'm, I I finally did uh, my first like ultra run in a long time uh, up in Leadville yesterday, and so I'm all sunburned. I have a I have toenails falling off my body, so I feel good. I feel alive. <laughs> Isn't it funny that that's what makes us feel alive? Like our toenails are coming off, and it's like, okay, yeah, I did something, man. I'm feeling good. Yeah, like halfway <laughs> through it, when my brain started getting foggy, I was like, why do people, why do I do this? Yeah. But I kind of liked the fogginess of my brain. <laughs> you know, like nothing else really gets me there in the same way. So I, yeah. was, I was psyched for that. Yeah, it's funny. Like biking doesn't quite, doesn't quite do it like running does. Going to the gym, lifting weights, as much as I enjoy it, it does. it's not quite running. It doesn't get you off the same way. It's totally yeah. different yeah yeah well, i know it's it's weird i don't know what it is about it right um that's why so many of us like it i think it's like <laughs> it's like a drug it's like an antidepressant or something you know <laughs> yeah it must be how long yeah, been since you ran an ultra um it's been a while like you know doing this big film project thing took up a lot of time and i kind of was at least conscious about the fact like hey i can't do this big thing and then also be training for some big event you know like i've been trail running this whole entire time you know and doing some 20 milers here and there but um but yeah like doing like an official thing hasn't happened for a while so how far did you end up running yesterday so we did uh the goal was a 50k and Mm -hmm. we did just enough laps it was it was a one 0.15 0.15 mile laps around my friend John and Shanna's place. You met them uh, in Leadville and they had like their yard set up and went in this loop. And my goal was a 50K. So we ended up getting like 32 miles in. I think it was nice. like 28 laps or something. Whoa. And we had like an hour left. And I was like, I kind of just want to sit inside and eat soup now that I've accomplished <laughs> my goal. Totally. Uh, I could go back out and get maybe one or two more laps, but I was like, nah, soup sounds good. Totally. Yeah. What was the course like? I mean, I have to imagine Leadville's pretty cold right now. It was. So that was what we expected, right? Like it was called, they called it the Leadville shiver. And I was like psyched. I was ready to try like a winter ultra kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and then we got there it was super sunny. It was like 30 plus degrees. We're wearing 
shorts for most of the run and uh which my legs are paying for they're all sunburned now but sunburned. uh <laughs> uh but yeah man it was great it, it made it hard it actually made it more difficult probably because the snow was like sand it was like running on the beach the whole entire time so mm. you'd sink in and, and all that versus like you know if it was frozen you'd have that hard pack that yeah. you're pushing against so yeah yeah, I don't know. It was it was really interesting though. I've never ran a looped event and I wanted my brain to go to some weird places with just running the same mile over and over and it did and I was very <laughs> happy with that. Nice. Um but it was kind of fascinating cuz we had uh named different sections of the 1 mile loop. You know, we had names for each part. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and and uh as the day went, each like each hour, like the easy parts of the run would change and that would be the hard part. That's where you'd sink in the mm -hmm. snow. Mm -hmm. And then the other part would solid or get solid and then it'd switch. And you're like, how is this? Like, this was the hardest part earlier and now it's the easiest <laughs> and vice versa. Like it was, it was really wild, but it was super cool. Uh, it was a super small event, you know, um, it's just at my friend John's house and they, they did an awesome job putting it together. So it was, I'm, I'm, I told them yesterday, I'm like, I'm down year two, bring me on. Like, that sounds amazing. I'm in. So, so you have to come up. You have to come up, Adam. Yeah. I was just going to ask, this is called the Leadville Shiver. This is an official race now. Like, can we find this on ultra sign up? I don't know if it's an official race or okay. anything. I, okay. yeah, I'll have to ask John, maybe next year it will be, it was basically, um, to raise money for, um, oh man, I shouldn't know all this stuff, what the foundation is. Uh, give me a second. Stalling, stalling, stalling. Uh, it was to raise money for the Leadville trail 100 legacy foundation. Um, and so they ended up raising like over $700 for it. Oh, wow. So it was That's cool. Awesome. And really there was cool. a soup cook-off inside the house, soup cook-off. Uh, so after the race, we tried five different soups, put our vote in. Somebody won a medal that said like soup champion. So yeah, it <laughs> was cool, cool, man. But that there was a fun. couple of folks running the 24 hour version and I woke up this morning and I was like, I woke up at six this morning. I'm like, they still have four more hours to go. Oh, wow. Like <laughs> I could not wrap my head around that <laughs> at all, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm sure they couldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I don't Why know. are we still out here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was two uh fellow desert rats folks, uh K okay. Ray and Jeff O'Reilly, just battling oh, really? it out throughout really? the night. Yeah, okay. through the night. So wow, yeah, wow. Was, but, That's really cool. Yeah. That sounds like a good time, man. I'd like to come out there for that. Sounds All right, like next fun. time I'll I'll okay. send you a message when it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Please do for sure. It sounds like fun. Um, well, listen, dude, mostly what I want to talk to you about is this film that you guys have coming out. And uh, I was able to screen it. And uh, in, in an ideal world, I would have watched it like one hour before this conversation. <laughs> but this conversation came, to min came together like last minute. So it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I remember yeah. it well. And, and I was just so impressed, man. Like it, it is such a solid, solid documentary. And it captures this one little week that these crazy people get together in Utah and Colorado and put this thing together. And, but I'm just curious, like where you're at now, because I remember when you were filming it, you kept telling us like, there's a lot of work to be done. A lot of work. Oh, it's going <laughs> to, it's going to be months. It's going to be a long time before it's done. And so, you know, I, 
I kept my uh, excitement at bay a little bit, but of course we want, everyone wanted to see it. Everyone wanted to see the finished product of this thing. And I, I would assume that everyone feels the same thing that I do is like, we're so glad we waited because you guys put some really, really good solid work into this. And it's like world-class documentary. And, and from what I understand, you guys are going to be um, touring this movie at different film festivals and stuff. So I'm so excited for you guys, man. And um, I, I, I was hoping to watch it today. I was planning on watching it before we talked. But I'm I think sorry. I'm still, no, no, no. <laughs> it's all right. It works out the way it works out. But I think I'm still going to watch it again tonight because I wanted to see it again. Okay. But, um, I'm just curious, like, like now that this thing is completed and you're at the point where you're going to be taking this thing around and showing it at festivals, like, where's your head at now? Yeah, man. Well, so first of all, I have to say, I texted Adam and I was like, hey, my kids are settled actually so i'm free when i'm free right now if you want <laughs> let's do it now that's now the rare the, the rare occasion in my household is my three kids are relatively calm i'm jinxing it though like you're gonna hear them through the wall in a second for sure um yeah man so it was cool so you were actually out there for the last few days of the filming uh it's the mm -hmm. first time it's where i met you at yep. um and that was an an absolute pleasure hanging out so you kind of knew some of the story a little bit you know, mm -hmm. you knew some of the stuff going in. Um, yeah. But yeah, right now it's it's going to be a crazy week for me. Uh, we are going to be going to our first film festival on Thursday. They're showing it in Durango um, at the Durango Independent Film Festival. So we'll be playing Thursday night and then Saturday morning. Um, so I'm headed down for that uh, to, to show the movie. I'm very interested in if anyone shows up in the in the theater uh maybe it's just me sitting in there we're gonna find out <laughs> um but yeah so so we're doing that and then in um on like march 10th we're gonna release it online uh with uh robbie ballinger if you know who he is he's an ultra runner he did this crazy thing called the colorado crush uh, which you would love you would mm -hmm. love hearing mm -hmm. about the colorado crush he mm -hmm. did uh, all the Leadville series, so the marathon, 50-mile, 100-miler. In between the marathon and the 50-miler, he ran the Colorado Trail. And in between the 50 and the 100, he climbed all the 14ers. Whoa. So that was a couple years ago. So he has a film on his channel. It's called The Audacious Report. Uh, he has a film all about that event. Um, and really, what their goal is, they started this channel, him and... Uh, Reese Robinson, who's a really great filmmaker, um, and their goal is to put out like high level um, adventure documentaries, you know, and so it, it kind of seemed like a perfect situation to partner up with them. Um, they're just starting off. Uh, they have big, big dreams, very bold, bold dreams and things like that, which I absolutely love and want to support. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going to be releasing it on their channel in a couple of weeks, which is really, really cool and really exciting. Um, and we're hoping really to like kind of uh, just bootstrap it, you know, we're hoping to kind of just naturally have people watch it. And if they like it, like we would love if, you know, they recommended it to folks and things like that, um, you know, cause the whole thing's been like a independent, process like we don't have any sponsors or anything like that it just it was a crazy idea me and my friend paul had uh and he basically kind of you know like peer pressured me into it he was an established filmmaker and i'm not 
Uh, I'm a middle school science teacher and Paul's like a Hollywood screenwriter. So it's like the perfect odd couple, you know what I mean? Uh, and we met out on the Cocopelli trail back in 2018. That was, um, we met day one of that race when we did it, when we were participants, um, and ran together, became friends, came back in 2019, which really just solidified our friendship. Uh, you know, when you're sharing miles and miles in the middle of nowhere together, and then you're camping all night and you're only together all week and you're just, those are the people you you rely on like these deep relationships form fast you know um and so i'm so grateful to even meet him but then when he he when he was basically suggested the idea of doing a documentary and wanted me to help him with it and then it just ended up being in this, this wonderful partnership i was like just mind blown dude yeah. it was so wild so <laughs> so yeah we're excited to like finally get it out to the world and then then it's the world's, you know, and uh, and yeah, so the next few weeks are gonna be a little crazy. We're also playing in Salt Lake City. Um, we're doing Orem, Utah, which is like 40 minutes south. Um, I should I should have looked up the dates, but that'll be um, in a couple of weeks. And then we're doing the Wasatch Film Festival ah, on April nice. 22nd. So nice. those are kind of the big events right now with it. Um, so yeah, okay, okay, yeah, man um why did your buddy pick you the the middle school teacher science teacher to to help with this film project if you don't have a background in film i think that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) um i think was he set on doing a a film about the cocapelli trail no this particular race no he wasn't okay Okay. no so he so i've done uh i've done an, an adventure podcast for the last like six years like a um, big Bigfoot. Like podcast. a Bigfoot. I've yes. interviewed cool people like Hell Adam. Yeah. Uh, yes. And Paul, this was all during the like COVID lockdowns. And Paul called me up and I remember just walking around my yard. Like that's apparently all I did for like months, you know, just walk around my backyard. <laughs> and I remember being back there and he called me and we're just chatting. And he makes, he's like so wise. He's like, he's like the wise, like Obi-Wan Kenobi of my life, basically. Not to say that he's old. Sorry, Paul. Not, that wasn't an age joke. Uh, but basically, um, I, he was basically like, Hey man, I'm, I really am interested in doing a documentary. You know, he's a screenwriter, so he's done all scripted stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm really interested in doing documentary. So if you talk to anybody cool on your podcast that you think would be interesting, like, let me know. And then I just was like, Paul, why wouldn't you just do a documentary about desert rats? Like we know that these quirky, interesting folks show up. Um, and we know like interesting things, things happen. It's a week running a ridiculous distance in the desert. Mm -hmm. And, and then he goes, I just, I'll always remember like the pause. He just paused for a second and he's like, why don't we film it? And I was just like, what? <laughs> and instantly the idea was planted, dude. And mm. once those ideas plant in your mind, uh, you just can't you can't get rid of them. The idea is there and it's almost like well now that idea has to come into fruition. Like it just mm-hmm. it had to. And I there was like a billion steps we had to do and I had no idea. We had no idea how these steps were going to get accomplished but mm-hmm. the idea was there and it just kept digging away and i was mm-hmm. like i i gotta get it done yeah so, yeah. yeah 
Well, obviously this podcast is called do big things. So I support doing <laughs> any sort of big thing. Like, you know, that, that means uh, the desert rats race going out there and running the Cocapelli trail for five days or making a movie or writing a screenplay or starting yeah. a business. Like I support all that stuff, yeah. man. So, so to me, it's just hearing those stories just fire me up. Like somebody calls you up and says, I know you have no experience in this, but do you want to help me? And you're just like, yes. Yeah. And the, you know, it's like the ideas that are meant to happen are the ones that just keep festering in your mind. And it's like, like who would Chris Ward be if he would have said no to that? <laughs> I don't know that he would be a complete person here today. If he had said no to that. It is. It's the things. Well, we, and it's the things that scare you and the things that are terrifying. Cause you're like, I don't know why they're terrifying. Maybe you're scared of failing. Maybe you're scared of even putting yourself out there, but it's those things when they scare us, it's actually like the most important things to act, to take on, to do. Um, because it's our brain, it's the resistance that our brain's giving us is like the, the resistance, the bigger the resistance, the more important it probably is to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, I think, if we wouldn't have taken this on or if we would have gotten like halfway and been like, ah, oh, we like, it's not going to happen. I think there would definitely be regrets on my end for sure. Like I would feel, I would, I would always for the rest of my life be like, you should have done that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have the should haves. I don't want the should haves in my life. Like there are things that, you know, I'll obviously like start and, and won't finish all the time, but, it's never the things that are like super duper important to me. The things that are, that are the ones that are like bringing about this, like absolute love for life and joy. Like those are the things I have to, I just have to do and, and at least see, see through the end and whatever the end may be, who knows, like, but I have to actually like see through it. I think to speak to what you said earlier though, I think the other thing Paul saw in, in me was just like probably the passion like i did that race in 2018 and it changed my life like it really did and i know that's kind of an overly dramatic thing to say <laughs> um but i did it in 2018 it changed my life i did it in 2019 it changed my life again i was like what i didn't mm. i didn't see that coming this time mm. uh nice. you know it showed me that i could do big things you know like it showed me that that, you know, if I put my mind to it and my time and my effort and my energy, like it showed me the payoff to all of that. Mm -hmm. It helped me work through like certain situations in my life that I was struggling with. And part of that was just being out for a week without distractions and, and surrounded by this wonderful community of people who like I truly looked up to and still look at as like my heroes, basically, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know how we all have like sports heroes. Mm -hmm. My sports heroes are some of these folks I've ran through the desert with who like, you just watch them go through this adversity mm -hmm. and you're just, your mind is blown. You're like, wow, that was the hardest thing ever. And then you're hearing their stories at camp and you're like, that is crazy. Like, how did, how did you get through that? And like, they're telling you the stories and I'm just like, I'm just like wrapped up in it. I'm just yeah. like, whoa. And I think I think that enthusiasm was probably pretty obvious because I'm I I don't hide my enthusiasm well, 
<laughs> but uh, so I think that probably kind of helped, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, your stoke level was high the whole week of, of Desert Rats, which is what everyone appreciates about you, I think, man. So, um, so how did you approach this thing from the beginning? Well, actually, before we even get there, yeah. um, explain to anybody who's never heard of Desert Rats what this week-long race looks like. And obviously, you guys showed up to make a film about it. But um, yeah, let people know what this thing's about. Yeah, definitely. I should say the name of the film probably, huh? Yeah, please. Uh, it's called A Long Way From Nowhere, um, which the title, coming up with the title was probably like 80% of the, the battle. I was like, mm -hmm. how do how do you, like, we threw out so many ideas, me and my wife driving on road trips for like three hours, just trying to come <laughs> up with something, can't do it. Uh, but yeah, so Desert Rats is... Um, it's a multi-day stage race. So uh, basically you're running a certain distance every day to a camp. Um, and then the next day you run another distance to another camp and eventually you get somewhere. Uh, in this race, it is from Fruita, Colorado to Moab, Utah um, on the Cocopelli Trail, which I, I mean, I have to just hype up the Cocopelli Trail. It is one of the most beautiful spots on earth. Um, the unique, one of the really unique things about this race was, or is the fact that every single day looks different, you know, like you're in the desert the whole time, but each day has its own unique feel and look, you know, like day one, you're by the Colorado river down below, like on these canyons day two, you're just on the face of Mars. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it looks like. You're like, there's nothing. There's no plants. There's, you're in the wasteland, dude. And it's, it's not beautiful, but it is beautiful. Cause you're like, this is what I wanted. I wanted this brutal desolation, you know, through the middle of like, just dirt basically. And that day is so exposed and it gets so hot. And that day's 38 miles is ridiculous. But then by the time you get to day four, you're in the LaSalle mountains. And I think one of the coolest things for me was I've always loved like movies or stories where someone goes on a quest, you know, mm -hmm. like, and you play video games as a kid and you're like legend of Zelda, like going on a quest. Yeah. Hero's journey, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so day one, you're running along and you round this, like you round this corner, you go up this hill and then way in the distance, you see the LaSalle mountains and you're just like, we're going to somehow get there on right. foot. Like <laughs> it was wild. And, and by day four, you're like in the LaSalle's and there's these canyons and mountains and you're like up in the trees and it is stunning. And then the last day you're going down into Moab and you're mm -hmm. on the red rocks. And so every day has this unique feel, um, which is amazing. And the other thing that I fell in love with was just the fact that like, you know, you meet everybody on Sunday night and you don't know anybody like everybody's an absolute stranger to you. And then by the next Saturday, you don't want to leave each other's side. Right. You bonded that much. And you saw that, I think, when you because it it happened, you got to camp on day four, mm -hmm. the expedition stage in the LaSalle's. And it happens that day and that night, like people don't want to leave each other yeah. from then on. So um, it's just, yeah, it's just a special, special event. Is it safe to say this is your favorite race? 
Oh yeah, it, dude, hands down. For sure. I mean, I, I love running a mile loop around my friend John's house, but <laughs> the Coco Belly is pretty epic. Um, yeah, hands down that that was my favorite race ever, and I think, I mean, it's all it's all of it though. It's hard to even really describe because there's probably like eight different reasons why I like I like it in like really deeply personal reasons why I like it too, you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I, my friend, Paul Shearing, I should say Paul's name, Paul Shearing, uh, who co-directed it with me. He said after, I think it was after our second year of running it, he said, if only everyone on earth could run a stage race, I think humanity would be much better off mm. because you, you're truly supporting and truly rooting for each other, right. you know, and you're seeing people accomplish these amazing things. And there are people at times it's unexpected. Like if you were at a grocery store standing by some of the rats, you would have no idea, dude. And it's that mm -hmm. way in ultra running too. Like you'd be like, I had no idea you had the grit and resilience to like grind out all these ultra marathons. Mm -hmm. And it's it's one of the coolest parts about in my opinion one of the coolest sports on earth so absolutely yeah and that is the coolest part about ultra running is uh the runners don't necessarily look like runners or they don't look like the toughest people in the world they look like your everyday neighbor you know and yeah. uh but they're showing grit and determination and it doesn't matter about the color of their skin or their body type. They're showing up and ready to grind it out and yeah. face their demons and make friends and they're ready for it all. And it's just a, a beautiful gathering of a bunch of different misfits to try and accomplish this crazy goal. And some people make it to the end and there's sometimes a few people who don't make it, but it, their story isn't excluded either. It's like, it's, it's still a, bar, a part of the collective journey. Like everyone matters. Yeah. And, and you're right. I noticed just how close everybody was by the, the time that we got there, like the bonds had already been formed, but it wasn't clicky. It's not like you guys weren't welcoming to me and Beth. You guys welcomed us right in, started asking us questions. <laughs> what races have you guys done? What are you up to this year? And yeah. before long, we're just in the mix. And yeah, it, yeah, it was, the whole thing was a blast, man. But so how did you guys approach this thing? Like, um, so you ended up in the movie, you have stories that came together throughout the filming of this. But in the beginning of this documentary, those stories weren't planned. So mm -hmm. you didn't know what was going to happen. Um, there was a big question mark, I'm guessing, over everything. Like, like I'm just kind of guessing what you guys were going through in your head. But it must have been like, we may film hours and hours, 30, 40, 50 hours, and there may not be a story there. Yeah. So this could all be for nothing, but we're just going to give it a shot and see what happens. And, and sure enough, the stories start unfolding. Yeah, I think we we did have a plan, like somewhat of a plan, which was we knew the trail. We knew where, I mean, there was four of us filming. So we're like, okay, somehow we have to co cover this like giant, you know through trail with four people <laughs> filming so we had plans of like where we wanted to be we we knew where there were pretty parts and and things that stood out for like pretty shots and and whatnot um we also like just cast a wide net at the beginning we interviewed so many people uh probably like 15 different participants you know to before the race even started um and then we which gave us 
you know, the flexibility as the week developed to follow the stories of people. Like if someone went through a really tough time, I mean, there's a part with some feet in our movie uh, and this guy's feet, this guy, Jason, well, I don't want to spoiler alert the whole movie. Watch the movie, everybody. Watch but, the movie, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll shout out Jason. Yeah. He's got some feet issues. He's got, he's, he, I talked to him the other day. He's doing good a couple years later. Feet are all good. Um, he's, no, he, and he's a wonderful guy, like super interesting, fascinating guy. And also had a really interesting race, like a lot of ups and downs and things that were inspiring to watch while we were out there like i almost felt like the way we approached it was we were out on the trail the whole time when we were filming we were talking to people we were hearing what was going on with all the racers you know and the people who were you know having these big stories of pushing through this adversity you know ended up kind of being as the week progressed we kind of started coming up with an idea of like who are the people's whose stories we're following you know and i do want to say like i was abs i'm always absolutely inspired by every single person out there you know so that was one of the hardest things for me was right. deciding who because i was like i wish we could interview every single person i would watch this movie if it was 80 hours long you right, know? Right. but i don't know and i have because i watched all the footage but <laughs> but uh but you know, like obviously you have to like make choices and things like that. So, and we just, I, I mean, truly like it was happenstance. We happened to be in certain places at certain times where, you know, like we found our friend Phil on the side of the road. Like he, when we found him, me and we pulled up, me and Chris, another guy filming with us, we pulled up in the car. He's sitting on the side of the road. It is 116 degrees out. The wind is ripping, dude. It's like 40 mile an hour winds, which you think like, you know, on a nice summer day, a breeze feels good. Not when it's 116. Like it, you walked out and you were in like a hairdryer is what it felt like, except the hairdryer was all around you. And it was somehow hotter than a normal hairdryer. So we pull up, Phil is just sitting on the side of the road and he's like, He's, it's not like he's like fixing a shoe. It's not like he's like adjusting his pack. He's just laying down mumbling, like just mumbling to himself about stuff. And I look at his legs and there are goosebumps on his legs. And I'm like, well, that's not good. That's yeah. like a major sign. He's like 30 miles in. He has eight more miles to go. It's just, and it, it was just, he was in a rough shape, but the fact that we found him was pure coincidence, pure happenstance. We just happened to be driving down the road and we found him. And, um, and you know, that happened so many times and I'm sure we missed a lot that happened that, you know, that we weren't around for like one of the racers, uh, Sabrina, who is in the movie a bit, uh, who is absolutely wonderful. Like one of my favorite humans, she's amazing. But, um, she told me later on, she's like, yeah, I cried every single morning. And I was like, how did we not get that? That would have oh, been yeah. great. That, that would have been, been great. Yeah, how did we not get that, dude? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the stories happen really naturally. Um, we tried to almost look at it as if we were somewhat like reporters, you know, like you're following the stories. 
yeah. and letting like they develop the stories develop and you you follow the ones that are interest interesting for you and and kind of fall in with with um kind of falling in with what Paul and I wanted to say about ultra running, honestly, like when I watch it, the th one of the things I'm really proud of is I'm like, this is how I see ultra running. Like, and there's a lot of different stories that we feature and a lot of different reasons why people are out there. Um, and I connect to all of these different reasons at different times, you know, um, some of it's about healing. Some of it's about facing self doubt. Some of it's, truly just about grit and resilience you know but all of those all of those feelings i've felt in some way or, or another in an ultra run and so i'm really proud that we got to highlight that in other people because i think it speaks to some of the commonalities we all share as ultra runners and then also i i mean one of the things we we're striving for was more of like what are the commonalities we all share as just human beings, you know, trying to get through life. And for some reason, our group of people have chosen this really weird route of like, let's just run for a long time and this will somehow help us get through life. Um, but I think like, you know, everyone has has their hard struggles and everyone has their their times that are devastating parts of life. And, um, you know, I think it it's not necessarily the method of how people handle them, but like, what's going through their heads as they're handling those hard times is the is the common thing you know um sure. yeah. so that was kind of how we we also interviewed the race directors uh like a couple months before the race and yeah we obviously... i thought that was beautifully done by the way the way you caught reed in a at the jujitsu school and yeah it was all it was all great man it gave great history on those guys it was beautiful yeah and um that was like our second day filming and we actually uh kyla had this wonderful like as i was as we were interviewing her and she's looking direct like every every interview is directly into my eyes everyone that you see i'm like sitting offside to the camera everyone's looking at me directly so it's like going into my soul you know mm -hmm. so kyla's talking about like what she sees at this race having been a race director for you know years now and she hit on something that was so perfectly well said and I'm just crying. Like, I'm just, as she's saying it, tears are starting to go down my face. And, and we're, I just, we turn to each other and we're like, well, that's the end of the movie. That's obviously the summary of this whole thing. Like she just nailed it on the head. Um, and so we, that was actually just pure luck, but we knew where, what we were shooting for because of what she said. We were like, okay, this is what we want to show somehow. This is kind of like, the conclusion that we have to get to somewhere or the other. We don't know who the people are going to be. We don't, we don't really know what's going to happen. We know things will happen, but this is where we want to get to. Mm. So I guess that's kind of like the process that we chose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know that there's a right or a wrong way to do it, but that's pretty interesting to be filming on day two and be like, okay, there's the end. Now, now we got to find the beginning in the middle of the movie. We got, <laughs> we, we got the end figured out. <laughs> and we also had to find the characters and uh yeah. yeah we had to find literally everything else but we got that end yeah 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 man <laughs> it just happened to work out that way um i'm sure if we did another one it would be a completely different 
process. You just, I think the thing is you just like in racing, you have to be adaptable. Like you have to be flexible. You have to be adaptable. Um, and I was really excited to do this whole project because I wanted to take what I learned in ultra running and at this, I, I was like, how weird would it be if I took what I learned at this stage race and made a movie about this stage race, you know, and it's all just like these little lessons I learned from running it. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. so, yeah. 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 Um, and then, so what was your primary job while making the film? I mean, from the beginning, were you a director? Um, it was, it is, it's just funny. Like, I just feel like it was so, um, we were all doing all the things since we were so small, uh, but definitely producer, um, throughout the whole entire thing, which means calling a lot of people, sending a lot of emails, making sure everything's going to go smoothly and also just completely stressing out that nothing's going to go smoothly. Right. I, that happened a lot. It was actually a really interesting experience for me just mentally was like recognizing when I was getting like really like we went out to like Salt Lake City to film a little bit of it uh after the fact and that whole week I'm like I'm like it's gonna be a snowstorm our flight's gonna be canceled one of us is gonna make it out there but the other two people filming like aren't gonna make it out and then what do we do and then it was just like trying to like do a like what I call like a pre-mortem which is like just figure out everything that could go wrong and figure out what the plan is, which is great to do, but also like most of the time that stuff's not actually going to go wrong. Right. You know? So you're like, I just wasted that whole week, like freaking <laughs> out about all these things that didn't happen, you know? Um, so producer, uh, and then, um, when we we're out on the trail, I was filming, but I'm, I don't, I don't know how to do all the technical stuff. So uh, I had a GoPro, I had my iPhone. Um, and then James, our director of photography had the super nice camera, the drones. And then Paul had a like a long lens camera. Um, and so the film's kind of like a combination of, of all those looks. Um, but yeah, and then uh, the editing process, we had a wonderful editor named Josh. You probably met him actually. He came out on day four, uh, Josh Draggy. Um, he was absolutely like, dude, that guy's a workhorse, man. Like this is it. He's one of the reasons why it actually got done. Like Josh and I talked on the phone every day. We just talked today even, but every day for like over a year to edit it and come up with it. And it's weird. Cause you kind of write it sort of, because you have everyone's interviews and you have all the scenes and you have to just figure out the best way to put all of that together, you know? So it's weird. Like you don't want to say you wrote anything. Like I didn't tell the people what to say or anything like sure. that, but, but you have to put them in a, in an order that makes sense. Yeah. Or like a story. You're structuring it. So in a way you are sort of writing the story. Yeah. And it's super weird. So, uh, yeah. Anyways. So yeah. And then, yeah, co-director, producer, but like I said, everyone kind of did everything. So it got weird. Like the last few weeks is like, what do we, when we're doing the credits, we're like, what, what's the credits? And we're like, I don't even know. <laughs> so, everything, everybody, everybody, everybody. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, so yeah, but, but yeah, I'm super 
I'm I'm beyond proud of it, dude. Like, I mean, obviously the movie's perfectly designed to entertain me, mm-hmm. you know, as a mm-hmm. film watcher. Sure. Because I'm like, yeah, every part is exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. Right. Whatever I want in a sports movie, this is what I want to see. Uh, but you're a fan of sports movies and documentaries, though, right? I'm a huge fan, man. I could That's watch. I could watch sports documentaries about literally anything you know mm-hmm. and i'm about to test it out because netflix started this golf thing and i'm like i really don't have much interest in golf but i'll, I'll give it a shot dude i'll give the <laughs> documentary a shot and i feel like it's gonna get me invested right away okay um yeah man and then it was interesting watching just regular movies as we we're doing this because i'm like oh i see what they're doing now mm-hmm. like with the story mm-hmm. arcs and all this and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I've done um, some writing in the past and I've written a screenplay recently. And while I was writing the screenplay, as I'm watching these movies, I'm I'm like, more's coming to light. I'm learning more and more, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I understand. Like, and just the other day I was putzing around the house and TV was on and the movie, the Goonies came on (laughs) classic movie, 1985, I think it is, but I was watching that movie and the beginning of the movie and the way they introduce all the characters. I'm like, man, these guys nailed it. They just had it perfect. Like whoever wrote this script just knew exactly what they were doing and they just had it so dialed. Like that's what I aspire to. Yeah. Um, But I get it. And, uh, and so as you're watching different movies, you're taking in different inspiration from different places. And then sometimes some of that ends up in your project that you're working on. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I just remember, and we didn't end up really doing it, but I was like, before we filmed, I'm like, okay, when everyone's walking out of the van, it would be sweet. Like, you know, the part in Predator, everyone's like walking out of the helicopter and it just says everything you need to know about these like five or six dudes. Like one's wearing like a suit. He's like, comes out in a suit and like cool sunglasses. And then Jesse, the body Ventura comes out and he's just like, in a cutoff sleeve thing with like a headband. And then I'm like, just them walking out of a helicopter kind of tells you everything you need to know about the movie. Right. right. Or about their characters. About and their background. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, we should try to get everyone walking out of the bus and just see if it ends up like and we ended up not doing that. But okay. but I was like, I was we were just like having the greatest time just geeking out about movies beforehand and mm. and after, you know, like uh Josh, our editor, put in this shot, this uh, lady, Jen, is sitting in the middle of the trail, fixing her feet. And I think when I was filming, I was like backing up or something, you know? Okay. But if you're backing up and then you zoom the shot in, it makes this really weird distortion kind of thing. And uh, and Josh did it. He didn't tell me he was going to do it, but he put it in like that. And I just texted him like, you did the Lord of the Rings thing. <laughs> like looks all crazy and he's like yeah dude he's like you notice that i'm like yeah i'm nice. like, so psyched but uh yeah. but yeah man i i want to hear about your screenplay at some point for sure oh for sure yeah no no um so uh a buddy of mine is a film director and he's directed a couple of uh full-length feature films that are on amazon prime and oh, they're cool. indie films but, yeah. but they're really really good and and i really loved his directing style and so i hit this guy up and i just was telling him like listen dude I just lo- love your style like I can't believe you did this and I think you should keep going with this and then of course he started talking to me we started talking about writing and and he started pitching me ideas and he wanted me to write something for him and 
and he asked me if I could write a horror story for him. And it's just not really my genre. Like I'm, I'm yeah. horror films are okay, but I don't really get into them that much. Yeah. But, but he's like, and then he comes back to me a couple of weeks later. And he's like, what about a story? What about a story about a bachelor party? That's gone completely off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, boom, that one I can do. I can, I can write that. that. Yeah. That oh, I can that's, do. that's awesome, man. So yeah, I sat down and, and wrote that and, and he's, planning on filming this thing at some point so i don't know if it's actually going to happen you know fingers crossed that's so cool man yeah yeah so is um, it weird talking about it um i don't know (laughs) well it's only weird because i don't know if it's really going to come into fruition yeah like sure i wrote this thing and it's there's a conclusion to it like it's done so i feel good about my work is it really going to be turned into a movie is our producer's going to actually give us money to film yeah. this thing. Like who knows, man. So yeah, I, I only <laughs> ask cause like, I still feel, I feel weird talking about this. Like it doesn't, it's weird, man. And you maybe you'll relate to this. So for the longest time, the project was like our little small group of filmmakers. And then even like extended out to the runners, like it's a small group of people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now we're at the point where it's not going to be that small group. Like for the, for like a year, it was me, Paul and Josh that had seen the edit, you know? Yeah. And so for a year, it was three of us and we would geek out about it and talk about it. And we were like talking about the smallest little details for a year. And then all of a sudden we, sh- we ended up showing it to all the uh, runners and, and people who helped make it. And and then it was just this really weird feeling because I'm like, oh, it's not just this like private thing we're working on anymore. Like now mm-hmm. it's like other people's, you know, sure. and I have to imagine when you're writing like a screenplay and it's just you and maybe like the people you've shared to like get some notes or ideas, but it's just you and you've like invested all this time, all this heart, all this energy into it. And then all of a sudden you just give it to someone and you're like, I don't know how this is going to go over. <laughs> like, it's just, a, it's an interesting part, like part of this process that I did not, that was the part of the process I did not see coming at all. I was like, whoa, I never expected to have this really weird feeling of like, it's just our small private thing, even though like ultimately the goal was always for it, for people to see it. Mm-hmm. But then you let people see it and you're like, oh, now it's not just our thing anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, well, like, what was that feeling like for you? I'm interested in that feeling because um, I like the first time anybody read any of my long pieces of whatever that I wrote, I, I felt very exposed and very uh-huh. sort yeah. of naked. I'm like, here's here's what's inside of me almost. And it's almost like, embarrassing you feel very (laughs) shy it's like here's this thing and i really don't know how you're going to receive it respond to it and you can receive it and respond to it however you feel however according to whatever but um yeah like like it's just a very unnerving feeling giving that thing away and knowing that some people are going to get it and some people aren't going to get it and some people are going to judge certain things of it and that you yeah. didn't intend or whatever. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, is it's, that how you felt like exposed after people started seeing it? Um, 
I mean, everyone had really positive things to say. So it was sure. like, it was good. Like, and you're, you sent me a message that was just like, I was like, this is such a wonderful, like, it's just wonderful words. And so that was awesome. But it, I did, I went down, you know, work at a middle school. I went down and talked to our uh, theater teacher. And I was like, is this a normal thing? Like, you're holding on to this. And then, like, I was asking her about, like, when she's directed a play. You know, and for like weeks and weeks, it's just like 20 people working on this thing and then you give it out to the world. And like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, there are things that I intend and want people to take away, but like I'm in no control whatsoever if they take away the same things I took away from it, which is really cool. Like, that's a really exciting thing, but it's it is kind of a crazy thing to think of. Like, I don't know that that people can will interpret it in a different way based on like whatever their experiences have been or Mm -hmm. wherever they're at in their life when they're watching it and things. Um, I showed it to our staff at our school Mm. and uh, I was just sweating the whole time. (laughs) Because I'm like, okay, we showed it, we screened it in Breckenridge for all the, or for a lot of the people who were in it, which was the the apex of this whole event. Really? Amazing weekend. Uh, That's cool. cool. It was so amazing. Like, just being and being with the people it's about mm. and some of the stories are very personal and my friend phil is in there sitting right behind me with his kids and it's a mm. very personal story and i'm like just holding his leg he's like sitting behind, <laughs> me, like holding his leg because i know what's how we presented his story um and i'm looking my daughter is just staring him down she's just like i'm like harper stop looking at phil mm. stop it and she's like, I just want to make sure he's okay. Right. And he's like, you know, hugging his kids and everything. And it was just, and he said it was very like wonderful to see, like, but obviously very emotional. I'm hearing people in the front, like crying at certain things that are going on. I'm like, oh my God. And like, <laughs> I hope no one's going to be like, like, I don't know. But so, so that was the apex of it. But then I'm showing it to my, uh, my staff at my middle school and I'm like, these people know none of the people like right. my staff don't, they're not connected to this in any way except through me. And so I just remember going up to my friend, Chris, who helped film it with us, other science teacher and just quoting back to the future. And I'm like, what if they don't like it? What if they think I'm no good? And Chris just started laughing. So we just laughed so hard. Cause I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of a silly thing to even like, what does it matter? Like, right. You know, right. so once you say it out loud, it's just kind of a funny thing to to think about. But totally. But I understand like the responsibility of um telling like for instance Phil's story. Yeah. You don't like you don't wanna do him an injustice. No. Because he's got a good story to share. Yeah. And if you capture it perfectly, it's gonna be beautiful on film. But if you miss a little piece of it or cut out a part of the interview like it it wouldn't have been the same it would have been different and you could have done him an injustice that way so it's like you have a responsibility to these people that are in the film too to to sort of represent them accordingly and i love all the people in the film like i i truly am friends with all of them but i'm also like inspired by all of them like i look up to all these people in the film the sisters amy and mikey I can't even really explain to you how much just knowing them means to me. And I think for part of it is I see them as sisters and they're 
grown and all the grown, you know, and I look at my kids and I have three daughters and they argue all the time, dude. They're like always wrestling and, and arguing about the dumbest little things and super ultra competitive with each other. And that's how Amy described her relationship with Mikey growing up, mm. you know? And so when I see those two sisters going through the race and they're laughing with each other and they're having a wonderful time and I think of my own kids and I'm like, this is all I want for them in the future. Like if they're doing adventures like this and truly loving spending time together, then I've done my job as dad, as far as I'm concerned. And so when I'm interviewing and thinking about Amy and Mikey, like that's, I don't want to mess that up either because I'm like, we can't mess that up because they're, it's just, it comes, it's one of those things you meet people in, in real life and there's a certain energy that comes across. And in their case, it's like being sisters, you know, and this love, this weird sisterly love, which is also like competitive, but also like just this true bond together. And that comes across, like there was probably like 30 moments where we have them filmed doing some goofy stuff where they're cracking each other up. And I'm like, it just comes across. And I'm like, we, we can't mess this up because then, like you said, we're doing them a disservice because we're not truly trying to represent them in how they came across to all of us during that week. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, what I was getting to is I understand like the who cares what people think about it, but we care deeply about, (laughs) but we also care. Yeah. (laughs) But that's all we care. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's a tough spot. Uh, (laughs) What was uh, some of your favorite parts of filming? Filming was the best. I mean, I love the editing process. I found it fascinating. Dude, I got a free film school through this whole thing. Oh, yeah. You know? that, Even though yeah. I still know none of the technical, <laughs> I have to be like, call up James, our director of photography. Like, how do you film things? Like, <laughs> uh, but, but the filming itself was just the best, man. It was just an adventure. We're out in the desert with walkie talkies. And I'm like, this is the whole reason to do anything is just to be a kid and have walkie talkies, you know? (laughs) Right, right. And we're just out there and in this beautiful location, we get to be there all day long, Mm -hmm. you know? Like we're not running by it. We get to set up in these really cool spots and stay there for a couple hours. We get a mountain bike in, we get to drive in. I get to run along these people, alongside some of these people and it's just that adventure aspect. Like to me, it was just as significant of an adventure as any of the runs have been like mm-hmm. any time running it, because we get to experience the race in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And, and we get to stay on this trail, which I love. And I've found so much like meaning in my life. We get to stay in these spots for hours and hours and hang out. And you know, the, the people filming, with us or like some of my best friends in the whole world. And then the people we're featuring are these just athletes that I look up to. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, you put all that together, dude is an amazing week. Didn't I barely slept by the time I saw you, I was definitely sleep deprived 100%. (laughs) Um, so 
but like but it was so worth it every second yeah. man yeah. i'm trying to think what a favorite part would be um i just remember the first day uh, my friend chris cornejo other science teacher with me fellow film guy who only knew how to use gopros so mm -hmm. me and him went down to the river the first day where runners will like jump in and stuff and we hiked down and i just remember being giddy we're just giddy hiking down we're like this is gonna be so cool and we get down there and we're just in the river like filming people and then we just jump in and like cool off a little bit and get out and film some more people we're like going off well, maybe I shouldn't say we're, we are going off trail. It's the desert, whatever. Like <laughs> we're going off trail a little bit. No, I'm going to report you, Chris. Yeah. Trying to like cut, I'm like running by this railroad track, trying to like get from one spot to the next spot of the trail, but like faster than everybody. So I can get right. more footage. Um, and it's, it was that stuff, dude. It just, it just made me feel like a kid. It was so much fun and, and being with those guys and being sleep deprived and, and hanging out at camp afterwards being like, what do we like? What's the story that like <laughs> trying to have like creative discussions over like, you know, uh, hanging out and like by all these vans and camping or like tents and stuff. I'm like, dude, nothing beats that, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could tell you were definitely in your element and having a blast out there. Um, well, I also think like doing that race, though, this is my theory you have to show up as your ideal self. Yeah. Like however you I, idealize yourself, you have to show up as that because it's going to be really hard. Yeah. And if you're anything less, it's just making it that much more work for you. And so I kind of thought when we were filming, I'm like, I need to be my ideal self. Like I put in work for a year to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And, and now we're out here. So like, let's just have a great time while mm -hmm. working really hard, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. putting in a work, putting in the work a year beforehand. What does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. So it was, I mean, it started with Paul and I, and we're like, okay, we need to find a director of photography. My friend Peter, uh, made this amazing soccer documentary back in like 2014. And so I called him up. It's called American football. Everyone should watch it. It's really good. It's like if Anthony Bourdain traveled through countries, but based instead of food, it's based on like soccer, Okay. you know, and they yeah. traveled him and Peter and three of his friends traveled through Mexico, Central America and South America for four months leading up to the world cup in Brazil. Um, and they were just exploring soccer and culture and how they kind of coexisted. But I called Peter and I was like, how do you do this <laughs> and he's like you need a director of photography I'm like okay sweet so then we just randomly found this guy james um i interviewed this uh athlete kate boyle who set the fkt on the coca Pelli on her mm -hmm. bike and she just happened to mention yeah there's a documentary crew out here filming and i was like oh my god i'm like really mm -hmm. i was like that we want to do a documentary on the coca Pelli. and so she gave me james's contact stuff talked with him um so so yeah we we had to find that uh just people to help us really um we had to find we had to get people invested you know like financially not financially it was just invested like james it was like hey man like we're doing this crazy thing on the coco Pelli. he's like what is this i don't he's like i don't get it people run and camp out and i'm like yeah 
I'm like, you'll get it, dude. Like, you'll get it because it is a life-changing event for the people who do it. And he was like, okay. And, you know, he was excited for the adventure and things like that. He wanted to, when he filmed the FKT, they were only on the trail for a day. He's like, oh, I got to be out there for a whole week. That's going to be super, super fun. But then day two, when it's 116 degrees and people's brains are melting on this road, this never god awful, never ending road. And James is driving his van around. And I just remember at a certain point, he gets out of his van and he comes up to me. He's like, dude, he's like, I get it now. He's like, I get what you guys were saying. I'm like, right? He's like, this is insane. This is insanity. I'm like, I know it is insane, right? <laughs> and so it was so cool. Like, uh, yeah, getting so getting him on board. We had we called all the racers, talked to Reed and Kyla, filmed some stuff beforehand. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot, um, a lot of discussions with Paul and I of like how we wanted to approach it and um, and what we needed to do to film a documentary. You know, um, like you kind of don't want it's the uh, what is it? The like quantum physics, like if there's an observer, it messes it up or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm a mm -hmm. science teacher. I should know that. <laughs> um, but we didn't want to have like the observer effect, you know, like we I was really concerned with like us showing up messes up the dynamic of the race somehow. Sure. And I don't think it did. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we just kind of like fell into you know being the being part of the rats as they progress through the desert like we just became part of them because we're also hanging out at camp and we're laughing and joking with people every night and things like that so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah it was a lot of work though man <laughs> yeah well yeah no when you explain it that way it sounds like it and no i definitely don't think that you um contributed to any uh the runners ruining their experience or anything like that. If anything, yeah. I think that you guys enhanced it because you guys were all so positive and you guys were having so much fun and your energy was so good. Yeah. And then uh, months and months later, after everyone's done running and gone home and gone back to work, then the film comes out <laughs> and you know, then they get to go back and revisit it and they've got this beautiful film that they can watch over and over again. Yeah. So, I mean, no, no, in no way did you guys hurt any of the runner's experience. You guys enhanced it to yeah. the nth degree and you guys did such a good job with it. Yeah. We were, we were really bad at cheering. Like it, watching when I rewatched all the footage, I'm like, we're just cheering over a lot of this. Like us <laughs> just like, yeah, get them. Woo. <laughs> Like, but I don't know. That was part of it. So sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so has this uh sparked the uh filmmaking bug in you? Like, is there gonna be other films in the future? Or was this like a one-time project just for personal growth? Or how do you look at this project? It started off as a one-time project for personal growth, for sure. Okay. Um here's the thing, man. We talked about ideas earlier and mm -hmm. how they just like they're there. And some ideas you can shake some ideas. You're like, shake off you, you know, when you go for a run, you can start having these great ideas. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but I have such good ideas on my runs. Yeah. I'm like running along. I'm like, that's genius, dude. Yeah. And then I'll like type it in my phone really quick. And then I'll get home and look at it and be like, what in the world was I thinking? <laughs> like, what, what is this supposed to kind, be? Kind of mediocre, not really genius, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. Or I'll like try to explain it to my wife and she's like, I don't understand your idea. I'm like, it's here. Like it's got it. It's fully formed. Um, 
so there are those ideas then you just shake them off no big deal but there are like after doing this there's a couple ideas that have like stuck with me and i can't shake them out and mm -hmm. i keep trying let me tell you dear lord i've been trying to shake them out i'm like get out of here ideas um and it just they just don't go away mm. and i'm like oh gosh like does this mean we have to at least give this a shot like yeah. Yeah. and but i do i'm also like conscious enough like i i need time away from doing it because it was all consuming mm -hmm. you could ask my wife she's like She's like, this is all this guy talked about for like a year, mm. basically. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'm conscious enough to know that I do need a different phase of life for at least a few months or a year or so. Um, but I do have other ideas. Yeah. Nice. So nice. we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it, man. It's kind of nice though. Cause I'm like, I don't know, let's say someone sees it and they're like, whoa, that was really cool. Like we want to help you out. Then I already a couple right now i could yeah. just throw at them right <laughs> but, right yep yep yeah. i think i think one of the things i'm really proud of though when i look at it is we were able to feature like what 99 percent of runners are which is just regular folks like we didn't and granted i there wasn't like any like professional sponsored runners mm -hmm at Deserats, you know, right. it's a small event. It's like 20, 25, 30 people. Um, but we were able to feature folks that like anyone could relate to. Like, I don't even think you have to be a runner. And it's weird because I'm not, I'm a runner, so I can't watch the film with that, with that, with those eyes. But I don't, I think you could just be a human being and watch this and have ideas and people and storylines to connect with um and i'm really proud of that because i think there's a lot of running films that i love but a lot of them that are like these sponsored you know elite athletes which is so like they always inspire me for sure but it's harder for me to connect with because i'm like i just i don't have the time to train like that i don't have time to like put in the amount of like miles or or the effort you know <laughs> like i watched some of the efforts of like jim wamsley and i'm like that would break my body <laughs> Dude. um and i think like i guess what what i'm hoping happens and you know i don't know if it takes like me putting the idea out there but i know for me that there's so many times where i try to tell someone about ultra running and they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And the the question is always the obvious question and it should be the question, but it's always like, why? Right. Why would anyone do any of this? Yeah. Do you get what money do, if you finish that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like why, what happens at the, like what happens when you do this? Why would people go out and like spend their vacation doing something like this? And right. there's everyone asks that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times like, family members or coworkers or friends are like, what is this? I don't even understand. Like, what's the purpose of this? What's the reason reasoning? And I think our film offers up a lot of variety of different reasons why people would go out and do it. And I do think it's almost like a, <laughs> in a weird way, like a resource to be like, Hey, 
I'm trying to explain to my mom why I'm going to go run 50 miles and she doesn't get it. Let me just show her this thing and she'll probably have a better idea. Right. You know what I mean? Cause like, I know for me, like it, it took family members like being out there and watching a little bit to kind of wrap their head around, around it. And then seeing how it like affected me and how it made me a better, calmer person to like actually jump on board with like the support, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping like, Hey, like if you're an ultra runner and you have people in your life that are like, I don't get this. Like it's hard to explain it just through words. Mm -hmm. And this is coming from someone who's done a podcast for a long time. Like it is hard. Like it's hard to explain it through words, but like if you watch a, something like this, it might just be able to open people's eyes a little bit and maybe yeah. inspire them to try like these, a bigger adventure in their life, whatever that may be. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts about running documentaries in general are like when non-runners see them, like uh, the Barkley Marathon. The Barkley one's the best, or, dude. It's the yeah, best one. <laughs> it is. I mean, well, there was good ones before that, but the Barkley, I feel like has kind of trumped the other ones because, you know, it's like now that's like the biggest, hardest race yeah. for, for non-runners to look at ultra running, the Barkley must be the hardest, right? Have you ever signed up for the Barkley? I'm like, yeah. no, I have no. no interest in doing that. I don't want to do that. that looks, I, watch, <laughs> I also watched the movie. Yeah, it I looks like really hard. Yeah, that's as far as I go. <laughs> no, I would <laughs> no say, runner. so for me, I'm trying to think of my favorite ones. Um, the Barkley one's way up there. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. Um, Brendan Leonard's How to Run 100 Miles. It's perfection, dude. That one's so good. Mm. Uh, about his friend Jason. Have you seen that? I don't think I have, dude. Oh my god, it's a short, shorter film. It's thirty minutes. It's he's uh, Brendan's the uh, the guy who writes Semi Rad, which is my favorite blog outdoor. It's my favorite outdoorsy thing on yeah. the internet, hands down. He's so funny, but he nails it, dude. Mm. every time so how to run 100 miles is great uh i loved desert runners if you saw mm -hmm. that yeah, um that. and that was about the four desert series uh, also about stage racing so mm -hmm. definitely like and that one's great that one was fantastic um and then running the sahara mm -hmm. if you That's ever saw one. that and yep, i love uh ray zahab is just a fantastic dude and he's mm -hmm. one of those three insane people who decided they were going to run across the Sahara. So I think those are like probably my favorite, but I watch a whole bunch and I always find things to love about them. You know, there's always things that are, and especially this time of year, I'm in the middle of winter. It's February right now or almost March, but I'm like, I'm going to watch all these adventure films and just dream of a day. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, yeah, that's the cool part is you're coming into this saying humbly, like, I'm not a movie director. I'm just a fan of documentaries and sports docs. And I'm just throwing my own hat into the ring, which is kind of what I like about this. Like, um, the same way, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, you're just coming into this humbly. Like yeah. I'm not a film director, but I'm a huge fan of this sport. I'm a huge fan of this race. I'm a fan of these people. And I just want to get this story out there. Um, yeah. so I mean, but I that's... think, I think the thing 
that I'm super grateful that maybe not everyone has is a friend like Paul. Like Paul's mm -hmm. Paul's been doing this for 20 years. He's been making films for 20 years. And we need those opportunities. I think that's the thing. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for that and definitely humble, but I also am very cognizant of the fact like I had the opportunity. Like when the when he told me that and he said, mate, what if we do it? And he said, we, and he said the, the big, we in my life, I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, the we that he, changed everything. The we that changed everything. When he said that, like I instantly was aware of like, oh, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity that not a lot of people will get mm -hmm. is a, is a very talented, creative, um, friend who's gonna bring you along for the ride you know, and, and open these doors. Um, I always think I, I had this mentor growing up when I coached football named Bruce and Bruce was another very wise, wise man. I love this guy. Uh, and he wrote a blog post once and I remember reading it and it was just about open windows. And it was just these I, times in life where something's available to you and you get to decide, are you going to go through the open window or are you going to hang back? And eventually that window is going to close. And that was very much in my mind. And so I'm very grateful and lucky um, to have ran in, like literally ran into Paul. Like we, I don't know. I don't know if I actually ran into him, but I was running. Like I have a picture on my phone of probably like a minute before I said hi. Like I just took a picture of the trail, but Paul's standing there. I'm like, that was probably a minute before I actually like talked to him. Um, so I'm very lucky for that. And it was an complete honor to work with every single person on it but to have paul be like just the instigator and also just like i mean the dude is unbelievable so the some of the notes he was given like i have like a whole printout of of notes that he wrote up and it's like wonderfully written notes mm. like it's it's not just like cut this put this in cut this it's like he'll say what to do and then explain why in like a wonderful, beautifully written paragraph. I'm like, I want Paul to sign those notes someday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so definitely super humble. Um, and also just very grateful, um, for the friends and, and, and the relationships and the collaboration, uh, that has been this whole entire thing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you made a beautiful film, man. Congrats. <laughs> Thank um, you. Where can people see it? Yeah, so people can see it online uh, on the Audacious Report on YouTube, uh, or you can just type in A Long Way From Nowhere. Uh, it should pop up on YouTube. Please, help. like I said, we're trying to bootstrap it. I feel so weird. My Midwesternness feels weird about asking for support, but if you like it, like share it with some friends, post it online, like, that we kind of put it on YouTube intentionally because we're like, hey, everyone knows how to use YouTube and and share yeah. it with people who might be interested or who might connect with it. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you can find it there. Uh, if you're in Salt Lake City on April 22nd, uh, we'll be at the Wasatch Film Festival, and then um, if you're in Orem, Utah, on March 16th, uh, we're playing there at 8:50. <laughs> at the zion's indie film festival so so yeah nice nice
And yeah, so I mean, this is a film that you guys put out for people to see for free. You put posted on YouTube. So I mean, anyone who is listening to this, please watch the film. Please like it. Uh, leave a comment. Like, get the algorithms out there. Share it if you can. Put it on Facebook. If you know somebody that would be interested, let them know. If you know somebody that's not a runner that would just enjoy an inspiring story, yes. this is a great one. I mean, you don't have to be a runner to like this movie. Send it um, to your grandma. Because you know grandma. your grandma doesn't know what this is. You know you're telling your grandma you run 100 miles, and she's like, I don't understand. And you're <laughs> like, you're good. Grandma. grandma. Yes. And then have grandma write a report and send it to <laughs> us and we'll read it on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, well, listen, Chris, thank you for coming on, dude. Um, beautiful film. I'm going to highly recommend this to everybody. I hope everyone watches it. And um, I was just happy that I got to be there for a small part of it and, and witness the stoke of Chris Ward. It was, it was fun, dude. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Adam, dude. I, I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on the podcast and uh, letting me chat about it for, for a while. My wife will be grateful. She was like, oh, you had someone else to talk to about it. Cool. <laughs> well, listen, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to have you on, man. I hope to have you on more. Yeah, um, man. Actually, I was on your podcast and I've been waiting for a long time to have you on this podcast. Let's, yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it. So I've been waiting for this for a long time. So glad it well, I'm, re- I'm waiting to go for a run at some point. So as soon as too. there's yes. daylight outside and like the snow melts off, let's do it. Well, listen, my injury is healing up and I'm back. I'm running a few miles a few times a week. So Heck yeah, dude. I'm getting back to it slow, but I will definitely take you up on that. All right. Sounds good, man. Let's Killer, do it. Dude. Well, thank you so much, man. I'll, let's stay in touch and let's talk soon. Awesome. Cool, Chris. Have a good night. Yes, yeah, you, man.